Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 194. Really? A? Do, no, really? Or uh, is it? Or is it? Yes, is it? Is it? Are, are we actually doing the show? Is it happening? Are you listening to it now? I don't know anymore. Well, we did actually do it last week. I know we did. You know, and, and last week you interrupted me in this bit. Yeah. No, and we, then everything fact, we went did, crazy. You couldn't even get in. Yeah, so what? <laughs> you reckon start. it's my fault? Right, and then everything went crazy. Actually, it was weird because the, the whole thing went crazy except on Brett's bit, which was a bit weird. The computer kept because looking... the computer loves my memory. and who's uh, who's yeah. in charge of the computer? Yeah, or- Phil Wales is his name. <laughs> <laughs> if listeners are disappointed, <sighs> all mail to him at Triple R. Hmm. Box cutters is all about television. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Again. Why is the theme tune still going? I'm, I'm confused. Oh, it always does. It just, it yeah, 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 it just keeps going. I've never noticed it before. Just going away there all of its own uh, uh, No, it just keeps going. <laughs> oh, it's going. happening again. <laughs> it's happening again. That was just me. Can we can we play a clip from, from the abortive show? Can we can we let the lovely listener know exactly well, can what we happened? We might do it in pork. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what have you? Hmm. Well said. Right. Well said. Coming up in this episode... <laughs> episode of Box Cutters. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about Nurse Jackie, a new show from Showtime. I in- wonder what everyone's opinions will be. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe. Maybe some of our opinions have changed. I- I've been tempted to reverse my entire opinion of last week just to try and surprise you boys. Because, you know, we-, we have... Obviously, you, the lovely listener, haven't heard this show before, but we have, which except, is weird. Except now you've ruined that surprise. Well, maybe, maybe it's a double bluff. Uh, I don't really remember last week. <laughs> I certainly haven't listened over the you- week. You were drunk at the time, so it's hardly surprising. Things you said. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my! Uh, oh, and the special, special little tasties for uh, the video podcast viewers. We've got a we've we've got a new segment called. That's my special name for them. <laughs> <laughs> things, things you may have missed, and with good reason. With good reason. With John Richards. The other the other uh, suggested was uh, things you should have missed, which I also thought was quite good. Ah. But yeah, but things, yeah, things you should have missed and probably did, and probably did. So yes, things you may have missed with good reason. With John Richards, yes, we'll be doing that tonight. That that that'll be uh, uh, coming up later. Uh, last week we had quotes. It didn't go so well. Uh, this week, I uh, think again for the video podcast. <laughs> yeah, which there is. You guys just didn't have the imagination to be able to fill in the blanks. The 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 primary school imagination. To did I not preface you did. You that did. segment with? I do try not to be infantile. Anyway, let, did, let's not argue about the show that the listeners didn't get to hear. That's just weird. It, it was it was even more infantile than uh, than than I expected. Anyway, I thought we might do uh, a quick. I don't buy it. Something that I saw on uh, on TV last night. Unless you've got a replacement, Brett. Yeah, you know, I I I have an I don't buy it as well. Oh well, why don't we do that one? Because yours is probably okay. prepared. Uh, <laughs> we've got the box cutters quiz. We've got one thing. We've got... Ah, that's it. Pork. <laughs> As always, they were going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. Brett Cropley, please news us up. After our uh, our ambivalent uh, review a couple of weeks ago of uh, the new NBC drama Southland, 
uh, NBC have uh, got a little bit uh, edgy and, and maybe concerned about the show and have delayed its return for uh, the second series. Because of our let, review, yeah? Let, let this yeah. be a lesson. I'd insinuated that. Yeah. I didn't want to start it out. No, right. no, I think it's I, a fact. I'm saying let this be a lesson to all television networks around the world. We wield the power. Yeah, fear our ambivalence. Yeah, mm. yeah. If we... <laughs> kind of aren't sure about whether or not yeah. something's good. Because those negative, negative reviews, they did nothing. But that, nothing. Yeah, but that kind of, yeah, yeah. Oh, not, you yeah. know, if it's not, had, it definitely had issues which we made clear. At, you at guys least. just flat out didn't like it. I, I wanted to like it and still saw the issues. No, no I, I don't think I just flat out didn't like it. I just didn't see the point to it. Yeah, I thought we, anyway. didn't, we didn't hate it. We just kind of wondered why it existed. And then, and then. That's slightly different, isn't it? You guys just hate LA. <laughs> and then Ben Silverman who I think has actually left NBC by now, uh, or should have, uh, says, uh, says, well, you know what? I don't think we should be making ambivalent television. It's fine if we make crap, but we should not be making ambivalent television. If only they'd consulted with us. I know. Before wasting everybody's time. I know. A lot of time and money. They They should really screen things with us so we can go, eh. But you said it is coming back. It's just being delayed. Uh, yeah, word is that it's been delayed, but maybe maybe that's like being on hiatus. Oh. It may never come back. Oh, uh, that's uh, uh, apparently now that's it'll sad premiere for on who October. Rely on it for jobs, October twenty three uh, instead of the previously announced September twenty five launch date. Actually, I, I figure that it's all in the can, um, so the crew would have been paid, uh, so they're okay for that. Okay. Oh, it seemed to be all in the can when I saw it. Hey, yeah. zing! Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of crap stuff, uh, the uh, the ABC have a, a new uh, TV show coming up called Strictly Speaking, which is a, a competition that puts speaking, public speaking, at the centre of the stage, a la Strictly Come Dancing. Well, wow, that sounds tedious already. Wait, really? But, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Go on. Oh, please stop. It's going to be Paul McDermott every single week. <laughs> if if mm. you could not get Paul McDermott or any of the other Doug Anthony All-Stars, but you still wanted someone who has been overexposed on television and you find quite tedious in a hosting role... Julia Zemira? Ooh, no, no, that's harsh. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's quite harsh. Oh, not um, Michael Veach. That one that I hate. Uh, the Baby Boomers team captain on talking about your generation. Uh, Amanda. No, um, Amanda. Amanda Keller. Yeah. Worse. Actually, I really love her too. Uh, you do? Um, no, I think, do. I think do. Chaser. Think Dumb Hair. Craig Roycastle. No, Dumb Hair. Chad Lichardello. No, no, no the, the musical one. Andrew Hansen. Oh. From Hanson. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not from Hanson. No, no. Wow, he's got. He, he, he's definitely got the musical chops to uh, be able to fit in there. <laughs> he uh, he's he's going to be hosting. Uh, apparently, according to the ABC press release, he is a public speaker extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, do they compete? Like, do we vote someone off every week who's not speaking publicly? Y- yeah. Do we SMS? Yeah. So, so the mute. Instantly disqualified. <laughs> but this, I, I don't want to see this. Why are they making this? What is the point of this? Who wants to watch this? Uh, let me see if... This Victor... is worse than Opportunity. Actually, op- <laughs> Opportunity was quite good. This is worse than... <laughs> than, uh, than, than the Singing Workplace 
Or uh, uh-huh. I had forgotten that existed until you just mentioned those words in that order. Or what was that choir, Battle of the Choirs? Oh, yeah. I, I think this is actually going to be on par. That was the time the- we discovered uh, that, um, 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 what's his face? Koshi didn't mm. actually have a neck at the back. <laughs> that was very enlightening. Um, uh, Amanda Duffy. Yes. Who is uh, ABC TV Head of Arts and Entertainment. Is she? Yes. Yeah, she is. Is that what she was before she yeah, got scapegoated? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. they were still paying the same money, so they might as well get value. She says, there is absolutely room for meaningful rhetoric and speech writing in the era of the soundbite, and that is what this show celebrates. I, I can't work out from that, from that quote if the show celebrates the soundbite or the meaningful rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like the West Wing. Maybe you get given enormously long speeches and then you have to go up and down a corridor being filmed while, while saying With them. Harsh downlights. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. A recent call for entries had 1,500 applications throughout Australia. 320 auditions are being held for the final 27 contestant spaces, which says to me they're probably looking at three contestants per week over nine weeks with uh, maybe a a four-week final series. Hmm. Star Search did this. Was it called Star Search? Where Cameron Dado came from. The Channel 10... um, what you were on. What I was on, and I can't remember what it was called. It was called, called Star Search. Yeah. I just remember the trip and, and, and uh, staying in the beautiful Ataman Motor Lodge. But um, <laughs> no. it, it was, oh yeah. Because um, okay, you would have been living in Perth at the time. No, no, I'd, I'd moved to Melbourne and, uh, and I was doing stand-up. And I kind of thought, you know what, it'd be great. Free trip to Sydney. To oh, it, was film- it wasn't filmed at Nana Wadding. It was filmed no, at Sydney. No, no, it was in Sydney. They flew me up there. And, um, and yeah, and I got to stay overnight in a terrible uh, you know, hotel. And so, and you were a spokesmodel? Was that your category? No, no, I wasn't a spokesmodel. I was doing stand-up comedy. Okay. But, um, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the spokesmodel, that's what I was going to say. They actually had this thing every week where two people would come in and, and have to do a, a public speaking piece and uh, we can compete against each other. And, you know, it didn't work then. It wasn't interesting then. Ex- and that's, that's as one segment of a show. That's what got us Cameron Datto. Really? Was he a spokesmodel? Yeah, yeah, he was spokesmodel on Star Search. Well, that's not bad. And was discovered. Wow. And then he played Boney. It's like a dream come true. I know. Or a nightmare. I can't decide. Speaking of which... Yeah? And continuing from crap, um, all my news this week, because last week's news I decided wasn't really newsworthy, so I've gone for new news. (laughs) And given me some of it. And given you some of last week's. Um, Heather's... Heathers, weren't we all saying, hey, you know, Heathers, that great film from 20 years ago that was really good as a film? Wouldn't it be great to have a TV version of that? Weren't we all saying that? Weren't we saying that? Uh, was, was anyone saying that? Uh, I, uh, Only if they have Christian Slater. Because your dreams have come true. Um, this is, I'm going to read this bit straight from Variety. Dark comedy will be adapted for TV by scribe Mark Rizzo with an assist from Sex and the City alum Jenny Bix. It's not even not even sentences anymore. Sony Pictures TV words. Where, 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 they're just words. Where Bix's base will produce along with Lakeshore Entertainment, who holds the rights to Heather's. Here's a bit. I mean, yeah, already uh, what? And they're saying Rizzo is still kicking around ideas for how to update Heather's twenty years after the film became a favorite amongst the underground set, because of course it's a film with a plot and a beginning, middle, and end. And hmm. they still want to keep the same characters, apparently. Obviously, not played by Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. But so it's like a reboot. It's, it's, it's a, as though it's a they reboot. didn't blow themselves up. As if, yeah, as if the film doesn't actually th- have a concrete end. Thanks for end. spoiling the end of Heathers. <laughs> Which is a really good film. But the other thing I like here too is the, the Lakeshore uh, president, I assume it's president, he's down here as Lakeshore Prexy. 
Does anyone know yeah, what that means? Uh, variety, uh, uh, like chief executive. <laughs> right, do you president. speak variety? <laughs> I do speak variety. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, we had the title and yeah. talked about doing a film remake at times. Said Lakeshore Prexy Gary Lucchesi, but doing it for TV seemed like a fresh and original idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a genuine quote. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how fresh and original means different things to different people? To me, it means fresh and original. To him, it means taking a 20-year-old movie and whacking it on the telly. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I would understand more a Heather's sequel uh, if, if somebody would make a Heather's sequel. With those characters now? Like, so, so the actual Christian Slater would have oh, a writer 20 years yeah, yeah, older? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be. No, no Christian Slater, obviously, because Brett spoiled the ending. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, the, uh, the the remaining Heathers who were alive, mm-hmm. uh, being uh, Heather McNamara and... But uh, yeah, I mean, even even on a slightly non-spoilery note, I mean, Heathers is a film about killing people off. I mean, that's yes. what the actual premise of the movie is. So yes. trying to make a, yeah, a TV series of a film that is all about killing people. Hey, but if it does get some uh, royalty checks going to No Fun, then I'm all for it. No Fun? Teenage Suicide, don't do it. By no fun. Ah. Okay. Teenage suicide. Don't do it. Anyway, what do you remember got? <laughs> um, we've had uh, some financial uh, news from the networks here in Australia, back uh, closer to home. Uh, Seven have uh, announced that their profit uh, for the year is down 91.2% on last year. That's, the, hang on, down. That's a massive fall in profit. Hang on, down. Ninety-one point two percent. Does it's eight percent of last year's? Is that yeah? Is that is that what they're saying? Eight point eight percent. Eight point eight percent. That their profit is eight point eight percent of last what, year's of what profit. What was last year? Last year they profited one hundred forty-one point five nine four million dollars. This year, just twelve point four eight six million dollars. And a chop chop. Um, but uh, that is mostly due to them writing Hel- helicopters. Down. Is is it mostly <laughs> because they hired helicopters? For all saints, um, only if they own the helicopters and uh, they've decided to uh, to whack on a bit of. Uh, of um, uh, I'm thinking amortization, but it's not that. So, uh, what what does your capital equipment do when it uh, loses value because it's older? It just devalues, uh, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, that thing. Yeah, 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 that thing. Yeah. Um, Anyway, they're, they're writing down uh, the value of their media assets, um, and uh, that has taken a big hit on the balance sheet. Um, basically, what that means is that uh, they're taking the opportunity. Well, it does seem that they're taking the opportunity in the GFC where they've actually been able to make a fairly decent uh, profit anyway, and uh, while the other networks are taking a big hit because Channel 10's in, in uh, trouble with its parent company um, not having enough money perhaps to uh, to run and Channel Helicopters. 9 have issues which I'll uh, mention in a second um, but if they can write those down then that'll set them up for a massive uh, result for next year once, assumedly, the GFC's all over and done with. So essentially... So it, it, it will definitely make them stronger uh, as we go forward. So essentially they're, they're writing down their assets to, uh, say, minimise their tax, minimise the dividends that they have to give out, mm-hmm. uh, and they're whinging about it? No, no, they've just announced it. Right. They're not whinging about it. It's, it's a, this it's is strange, uh, reported by AAP. It's a strange announcement to make, though, because basically what they're saying is we've made a much smaller profit than last year, and uh, everyone else is making smaller profits because of the global financial crisis. 
So, either we just didn't want to make them feel bad or we don't want people to look at us and think, oh, can't they do well? Or everybody's uh, expectations are down because everybody else is doing badly and so they look as bad, but then next year they'll be, be able to be superstars. Right. We're going to uh, Yeah. Yeah. Y- y- you know what? That just makes me want to talk about kids in the hall. I, well, I, I wasn't quite finished with the financials oh. because... Uh, it's boring. Financial news is dull. Channel 9 with hey, their... Unless Tom Elliott talks about it. Do you know the it. only thing I was interested about was helicopters? In my head, I've just been picturing helicopters for the last three minutes. <laughs> Channel 9 have been ordered uh, by their corporate investment company... CVC. Owners, CVC, uh, to uh, cut around about $20 million from uh, their budgets. Uh, this follows in Brisbane 26 production staff uh, being announced to be axed, which was after the 10 they lost already on uh, Brisbane Extra going. Um, and uh, they're talking about senior staffers, and, and this follows the resignation of uh, Channel's, Channel 9's uh, programming executive, John McAvoy, um, so they're saying that senior staffers on salaries of $300,000 plus will be in the firing line uh, for the easiest way to uh, attain that $20 million cut. Here's what I think has happened. Someone at CBC said, I have a copy of a film that tells us how to make television. And they put a VHS of the excellent Weird Al Yankovic film, The Vidiot from UHF. I haven't seen it. And, oh, Brett, it's superb. It, it, it really is. It really, <laughs> it really is hilarious. Uh, Again, I haven't thought about that for years until you just said it then. And, yeah. uh, and is that and what happens there? In that, Weird Al Yankovic uh, inherits a UHF television station and essentially just gets all of his friends to make television shows on the cheap, uh-huh. uh, and it becomes really popular. Uh, and, like, you know, the janitor has a show, and the the uh, the fishmonger from downstairs has a show called Wheel of Fish. And Can I mention two words? Spatula City. Oh, Spatula City! <laughs> and so they have, you know, ads for, for things that couldn't buy advertising time on any other television spatula network. Spatula City! Spatula City! And we it sell becomes, spatulas. That's all. <laughs> and it becomes a really profitable. And, uh, you know, spoiler... Sorry. Uh, and so, so I think, I think CBC have seen that and gone, well, why can't we do this? Why can't we do this? That yeah. crazy man who's saying, eat it. We did took, it? We took your it. tedious yeah. financial news and we turned it into a tedious review of an old Weird Al Yankovic movie. Yeah. And it's actually one of the only films about television that actually shows television in an exciting light. Hmm. Anyway. I, I was very angry last week about CVC, and I don't think they, they, they're in any position to be owning or running Channel 9, and they should sell it as quickly as possible, and the longer they hold on to it, uh, cutting uh, talented creatives from the station, uh, the less value they're going to be able to get for it, and they're never going to make a profit. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, whoever wants to own a television network should be able to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, within within reason, within... Like you know, if they've got the cash? If, if they've got the cash and they don't... Uh, and by owning that television station, they don't have a monopoly over media in that region. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that's fine. Let them, if they've got the cash, and they can actually work it properly. Uh, and why don't they just get someone in who can 
make it work properly. Because it's a it's a it's a straight financial corporation where uh, their managers have no imagination beyond. Oh my god, we're making a loss. We have to cut costs. Can we get Tom Elliott in next week? I will. Can you, can, I can would you try? Hope so. I'll I'll give him a bell. That that would be great. Hmm. Oh look, kids in the hole news. Woo! Oh, awesome. Uh, okay, so there was a show recently called Harper's Island, which we didn't bother reviewing. Uh, I don't know if either of you saw it. I saw the first did that, episode. Did that originally air in the States as Milf Island? No. Different show. One of them's made up. I Harper's think yours Island. is Was the that one the made. one late Channel 10 Sunday nights? Uh, that they was, showed two episodes and then they put on US Fattest Loser? Quite, quite possibly. Uh, it was a show about... Uh, this group of people go to an island that is, uh, you know, a, a holiday destination for the rich, essentially, and people start getting killed off. So it's it's murder uh, over time, and uh, and you know, oh, who's the murderer? What's going to happen? Uh, none of it is at, interesting at all. Uh, but if that had been made by kids in the hall, that's a long bow to draw, isn't it? Not really. Yeah, go on, go on. Because Kids in the Hall are making a new uh, murder mystery miniseries called Death Comes to Town. It's going to be an eight-part comedy where uh, Scott Thompson, Dave Foley, Mark McKinney, Bruce McCulloch, Kevin MacDonald. So you, went the whole, you didn't even say who the hell Kids in the Hall were for the listener who might not know who Kids in the Hall are. Squish your head. Squishing your head. Uh, Canadian, uh, kind of Second City-esque. Type uh, comedy Ske- troupe? Sketch yeah, comedy. It's, it's sketch, sketch comedy. Uh, Early mid-90s, they were fantastic. Uh, created by, or, or you know, executive produced by Lorne Michaels, uh, off the back of his success with Saturday Night Live. Made well, con- although they, they did exist as a troupe before. Yes. Yes, before uh, But the, t- the television show uh, was uh, Lorne Michaels. He got these kids who were just very talented and uh, and put them on TV and made a much better show than the show that he currently had. It is kind of weird that, but yeah, it's a Lord Mungus production, but it was shot in Canada. It's a very much Canadian program, and it's much funnier yes. than Southern Night Live. So they've been talking about a reunion, you know, every couple of years. They did do a, a live reunion tour last year, and uh, and so they're uh, so they're each going to play multiple roles in this. It's going to air on uh, CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, uh, in January 2010. So we don't have long to wait. In fact, we'll be getting Death Comes to Town before we get the next season of Lost, which I noticed Mm. from my widget on my computer is starting in 150 (laughs) days. Do you have a Lost widget? I do. Uh, um, Speaking of, before we were talking about films going to TV, let's talk about TV going to films. We know that uh, that cinema is so just bankrupt now that um, we were talking about uh, games. Games, and I believe The Viewmaster is now becoming a feature film. I'm not making that up. They actually have optioned The Viewmaster. Like the the stereoscopic viewer? Yeah, the toy. Really? No one actually knows what they're doing with it yet, but they have optioned it. Um, There's all those Hasbro games, Monopoly. Apparently, mm-hmm. Ridley Scott directed Monopoly feature again. No one quite knows what it's about. Again, not making it up. Anyway, um, not quite so insane. Soul Train, which uh, was a, a it's, it's a, da- a dance show. Yeah, it was like Countdown. Basically, it was a music program where people would go in and sing, and black people would dance in a really funky way. Mm-hmm. Ran from 1971 to I would have guessed 1980. No, I, no, no. Uh, uh, can I can I guess? Go on. 1997. Mm, not quite. Uh-huh. Keep going. 
1999? No, 2005? Keep, keep going. 2009? 2006. Was, oh. was actually, it ran until 2006. Wow! Um, and yet the only thing we really know, of course, is the clips of, of things like David Bowie singing, uh, you know, um, uh, there's a piece of him on there, which is quite famous. He was a white artist to go on Soul Train uh, from the late 70s. But um, all this sort of 70s Soul Train, that's when it's famous. That's when it was great. They're making a feature film based on Soul Train. It's set in the 80s. <laughs> so, yes, if you... Really wanted to know more about 1980s Soul Train. A feature film is coming out. Um, it's being co-produced with the host and producer of the show, the original show. Uh, it's being written by um, someone Spellman. Tori? Yeah, Tori Spellman. No, sorry, Malcolm Spellman is writing the feature film. He also wrote Dead Presidents. Uh, he says that all the hip-hop street dancers you see today were born during the, the, that time period and were first seen on that show. I remember doing all of them when I was a kid. So it's going to be a kind of a hip-hop, electric, boogaloo-style dance uh, film set on Soul Train. Right. Isn't cinema great? Don't we love cinema? It's doing so many interesting things. Hang on, hang on. So cinema is taking all of its ideas from television. Yeah. And what I get from the Heather's story earlier on is that television is taking a lot of ideas... From the cinema. From the cinema. Yeah, but cinema, though, yeah. is taking its ideas from television now. Isn't that interesting? Right. So... Yeah. Television, though, this is curious, as an adjunct to that, <laughs> yeah. um, is, is now, I think, sourcing many of its ideas from cinema. Although, on the other hand, cinema, of course, is taking its ideas from television, but vice versa. The corollary to that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> is that television is, uh, is quite intrigued by what cinema is producing. Remember when they made a, uh, a film of the Flintstones? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'd, uh, I'd like yeah. to see them do a cartoon version of that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> would that they? work? Would a cartoon, would a TV cartoon version of the Flintstones really make any sense? I think it'd just be weird. Oh, you'd have to put a laugh track on it. Yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> In uh, not humorous at all news. Hey, is the laugh track on an animated show by an animated audience? Like, is there is there like a cartoon audience just watching the Flintstones going, you know, like like this? Because I'm doing very cheap Hanna Barbera cuts. <laughs> no, there's only two. There's only two shots, and they just move between them. Uh, <laughs> like everyone dances on Hanna Barbera. Sure they do this. John. <laughs> John. Yeah. I, I I will say uh, no because it's it's cartoons and they just didn't need to draw it. But dance close to the camera for the video yeah. podcast viewers. I will. I, I will. I will Dro- remind Droopy you. Droopy dog would be doing this. I will remind you that as ridiculous as that sounds, the Muppet Show did have an audience full of Muppets. <laughs> they did have a Muppet audience providing the laugh track on that. Yes. Yes. But uh, better than Snoopy dancing, which was just uh, that, the kind of lines to insinuate movement while they, they moved the, the static image up but, and down. But Snoopy's and, and dancing... Every, every did- now and then he'll take a, a drag of a joint and talk about his bitches and his hoes. <laughs> no, that, that's Snoopy. Sipping gin and juice. <laughs> yeah. That's what? what? That's Snoop Dogg or Sniggly Wiggly, he's called now. Ah. Oh. This week. Right. <laughs> strange, uh, strange crossover between those two things. Soul Plane was on the telly over the weekend. No time for laughing now. <laughs> so I'm just trying to, in my head, trying to work out what Soul Plane was. I didn't see Soul Plane. No. <laughs> it was like, think of Soul Train, the, the yeah, black yeah. dance TV show, on and a plane. put it onto an airline um, with Snoop Dogg as pilot. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, Who don't ninja? Channel, Channel 7 have been forced to apologise uh, for using images of James Bulger from uh, closed circuit TV footage uh, in the process of being led away by the two older boys to be murdered um, to promote Seho, City Homicide. What? Mm. 
What? Hang on, actual, Hang on. real, real footage, real news footage of someone about to be killed. Well, you know the James, the, the, yeah, the James yeah. Bond. But, but are you saying is this recreated footage or is this the no, no, actual, the actual footage? In an ad, in fact, it might have been a freeze frame from that CCTV footage in an ad for a fictional crime show. Yes. Wow, that's with, almost like really, really offensive. With a fictional crime that uh, was... Well... Ha- has there been some complaint about this, perhaps? Uh, is that there, what you're there has been some complaints. And in fact, uh, James Bolger's mother, Denise Fergus, has criticised uh, Channel 7's decision to use the clip in a report uh, in London's Daily Mail. I'm not exactly sure how she uh, came across the ad for City Homicide over in uh, Liverpool or London or wherever she is uh, now. S- someone showed it to her. Um uh, but the the number of times that we've seen that footage on TV in true crime shows and and all over the place, especially in the UK, um, I I don't think that it it actually warrants that much upset. About no, it. I think that's massively offensive. Yeah, I. Charles Seven had twenty viewers complain about it. I've, what I found more offensive about the promo was the script, uh, which had uh, Shane Bourne as Stanley Wolfe um, talking about this is not Liverpool, nineteen ninety three. This is Melbourne now, and drawing those that parallel. Yeah, the whole idea of going, uh, hey, real was, crime, fake, it was, it was made done up one, pretty poorly. I, uh, I I think of that as murder exploitation, and uh, I, I I was more offended though by uh, Channel 7 putting on a, a live rape just after that to balance them out. Did they? <laughs> no, they did not. This is not Brazil. <laughs> 2009. They, uh, they, they, they did not do that. But I, I think that's really, really offensive because it is just exploiting this kid's murder mm. to promote their own television show. Mm. So whether or not we've seen it a uh, number of times in, uh, let's call them documentaries... Uh, they still that then it still has an informative element to it, but uh, to pr- to promote a fictional television show. Half yeah, a world no, away. I mean, I, I get the, the the fact that the the real crime shows are obviously prurient and and quite you know morally dodgy in their own way. But like you're saying, they are at least purporting to be news coverage yes. to a degree, or, yeah, or, or documentary, or documentary. Yeah. Whereas the idea of just starting to use real footage of real after whacking you. What do you guys think of Beyond the Darklands? The, the Channel 7's clear uh, attempt to jump onto the coattails of Underbelly uh, with real crime uh, stories and coverage. Well, I mean, oh, I- hang on. That's. Um, oh, that was the, the, the uh, documentary speaking to actual. It, it wasn't a fictional thing. No, no. It was, it was talking about real cases and um, there was some controversy last week about uh, about the subject of the show and they were getting, Channel 7 uh, were getting threats from family members and, mm-hmm. and the like. Can I actually mention, was it last week's show that didn't happen where you brought up the Brazil story? Have we just made a reference to a new before, story? I think, oh, I think we were over in three. Yes. Okay, right. Because yeah. yes, because that, that, that again, yeah. again, it's wrong. It's wrong to kill people. Yes, it's to make wrong. your shows yeah, as well. Yeah, Kids, but I, I, it's wrong. I think that uh, that the Beyond the Darklands and and the true crime kind of playing up, you know, Look, history's most horrible people. Like like with like with all of these things, it depends on how it's done. Uh, and you know, I think there's a, a big difference between the killing of America and uh, and Crime Investigation Australia. Uh, there's uh, th- th- there are. Uh, lines that you just shouldn't cross, and uh, and, and I think that the 
you know, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Channel 7 were pushing that boundary with Beyond the Darklands. Uh, but, you know, what, whatever happened to just making stories up as well? Just, you know, if, if they wanted to do a, a fictionalised representation of those, of those things, if they wanted to do reenactments, if, uh, if no, they just so wanted to reference them. I mean, that's... It's quite common on CSI to see a, a story and you kind of go, oh, I remember that being a real story. From yeah. a few years ago, yeah. they often take crime stories that you know you might mildly remember, and I think that's absolutely fine. I've got no problem with them doing that. But the idea of them putting an ad going, "Hey, we took the idea from that real story, and here's pictures of it," that's just weird. That's yeah, that's really kind of offensive, and assuming your audience is really thick, yeah. and, and also assuming that you haven't managed to actually convey the story dramatically enough to keep the audience that you have to desperately remind them of that other one because you know that what you've done is is a bit half-assed. That's all I can think of. Yeah, it's it, it I mean, would they have used pictures of Jaden Lesky? Uh would they have used pictures of uh Daniel uh, what was that kid's name? Daniel something horrible. No, his name wasn't something horrible. <laughs> something horrible happened to him. Uh it, you know, it, they wouldn't have done that because these were Australian situations. Uh and they would go, "Oh, well, that's a bit too close to home. We can't really do that." So they've taken even though it's 16 years ago. So the difference between that and Underbelly 1 with Carl Williams and, and real Melbourne identities being murdered? But, but that's a drama. Though. They're not showing you pictures, though, are they, of real Melbourne identities being murdered? That's, no. It's actually... They've uh, everything in there with actors. It's a, it's yeah, a, a fictionalised adaptation of what really happened. Well, if they were make it's a, complex, isn't it? If they wanted to make a telly movie of, of, of that event, again... You know, fair enough to make a telly movie of it. But if you're making a telly movie and then putting in real images from, yeah, that'd be wrong. Hmm. Hmm. That's what I say. Hmm. I, I think that uh, it's probably Channel Seven strategy that they've they've had uh, border security and massive audiences through that. So the the real live fly on the wall kind of stuff works really well for them. Channel Nine, we're going really strongly with Underbelly One, um, and uh, the 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 uh, compellingness of true crime for uh, the Beyond the Darklands looking at a different uh, set of uh, circumstances, I think they are probably aware that that is going to play on the the emotions and fears of viewers uh, a lot more so than something they make up. Oh, sh- sure. Because people people become fearful that this was out on their streets. But this, this particular case with, the, uh, with City Homicide, I'll, I'll give you an example of... Of what it seems like to me, if there was uh, that that image, that really famous image of the girl with napalm burns mm-hmm. running down the yep. the street in in Vietnam. in Vietnam during the Vietnam War, if that was used as an ad for suntan lotion, SPF thirty, Don't get bit stronger like than ever, right? That wouldn't get past anyone. This is the, this is the same thing. This is using a horrible thing. To advertise an inane product. No. Horrible. Absolutely hmm. horrible. I don't buy it. And that is the box cutters news. Oh, I thought it was I don't buy it. No, no. Hi, this, this is Jane. I'm Hadley. Andy Anderson. The fabulous Adam Jess McGuire. Television Scott Brennan. With the lovely men. They're very exciting. Funny. Britney Spears. Gorgeous. I love them. Soylent Green is Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box cutters. And it's pinnacle. Download the hell out of it. Talking about Nurse oh, Jackie. Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie. 
kind of cool, that Nurse Jackie theme, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I love that Nurse Jackie theme. It's no wonder it went to number three on the Billboard charts. We just made it up. And it went to number three and on the Billboard charts. it went to number three on the Billboard charts. On downloads only, obviously. We made it up because we think it's a lot better than the actual opening credits of Nurse Jackie. <laughs> Nurse Jackie is the new Showtime show. Well, it's not new anymore. It's been around for about 12 weeks. Uh, starring Edie Falco as Jackie Payton, a registered nurse at All Saints Hospital. Ah. In uh, in New York City. I know. I know. I thought it was in Sydney. Apparently not. No. Uh, not anymore. No. You'll, you'll remember Eddie Falco, of course, from her work with the Velvet Underground for many years. No. No, 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 no. You're uh, thinking of Edie Raquel and the New Bohemians. Am I? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love them. They're big hit perfect. <laughs> it's got to be... No, that was uh, that was Katrina and the Waves. <sighs> they won Eurovision. That's a true fact. I know. Anyway, move on. <laughs> true fact. And now, John Richards, with a true fact. <laughs> we'll keep saying stuff until one of them is true, and that's when the game ends. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, Edie Falco plays uh, Jackie Payton, a registered nurse. She, uh, a voiceover, tells us in the first episode, has back pain, and so has started taking... Uh, it was self-medicating. With, with a little joke. What do you call a, a nurse with a bad back? Unemployed. Yeah. Yeah. Unemployed. But um That was the first use of the laugh track in the... the, 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 the <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was only a Muppet laugh track, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is no laugh track. It is a, uh, a single camera half hour. I call it a drama because I find it... Dramatic well, we, and not in the least comedic. We, we did mention this because I had assumed it was a drama too, and then when reading Wikipedia afterwards, discovered it's a comedy, or at least yeah. according to Wikipedia, it's a comedy. Well, I think it has very, very uh, kind of in- intelligent levels of comedy in there. So like- I, I don't know. I went the other way. That actually, I, yeah, I didn't dislike it as a drama, but every time it tried to do comedy, it felt so leaden and out of place and wacky. And so uh, the drama elements are: uh, Jackie is a nurse; she works in an emergency ward. Uh, she uh, is addicted to various uh, uppers and downers, depending on what her she's body like, or back needs at the time. She's like the the nurse version of House. Yeah, kind of like the, the nurse version. Uh, and she doesn't get prescriptions because then she'd have to be reported. Right, to, and so uh, and she's all acerbic and and calls uh, a spade a spade. She's uh, married, has two children. That's a twist ending at the end of the first episode, but it's not really a twist if you've seen Mad Men because it's the same twist <laughs> ending from episode one of Mad Men as well. Uh, and uh, wow, see, I, I, I just spoiled two shows in the one go. <laughs> I actually, see, I actually think that's a premise. I think that's the premise. Of yeah, Nurse but, Jackie. But, but, it is, but it is revealed at the end mm. of the first episode, which yeah, just no, no, goes no, to I, show you how long it takes for information to come out in the first episode, but. Uh, she is having an affair with the pharmacist on her floor at the hospital. Sex for drugs. Pretty much. Or uh, is she in love? Well, that's that's a question that is boringly brought up <laughs> in the show. Uh, you know what? I, I've, and, I've and watched, watched about like twice 12, as many 12 as episodes I yeah. of, uh, of this show. Do you know yet whether it's love? And I don't know yet whether it's good. I, Why do you keep watching? I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Okay. Because it's got the makings of a really good story. Look, that, that's a fair point. And the acting. The acting is genuinely the, pretty the good. Story, Edie Falco, I think, is is fantastic. Uh, Merritt Weaver, who plays Zoe, a student nurse, uh, is excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, she's one of the comedic characters. Oh, yeah. She's, I find yeah, her... Definitely. 
I find her quite depressing and, uh, I find, and, and sad. I, I find the show dismisses her in a way that I'm meant to obviously find her comedic. Um, I actually got quite angry too that there's a, and I haven't brought my notes for that show, so I've forgotten his name. Uh, he plays Momo, the the screamingly gay stereotype, who's a nurse Haas there. Slayman. And Haas Slayman has been excellent in films such as The Visitor. Um, he's a very good actor in other stuff, and obviously he's been asked to do this role in this, but it's just, uh, was it, actually what I found with both him and when I said it was excellent acting, it's actually, I'm just thinking more about Eddie Falco, I think is great. But everyone else is playing these kind of one-note characters. There's the Sex and the City Doctor, I think she's been referred to by the Onion AV Club. So there's the English Doctor, mm-hmm. who loves shoes and things. And there's the, the gay nurse, who's flaming. And then there's the, you know, the, the clumsy, you know, slightly chunky, aspirant nurse character. And it's just, you keep waiting for, like you said, the other shoe. You keep waiting for the, the aspects to them to go, okay, it's not a sitcom with a laugh track. So... What is it about these people we're meant to care about? And I don't think the show ever quite got around to putting those elements in. Well, I, I think uh, I think uh, Momo Mohammed mm-hmm. de la Cruz uh, is the, the character name. Uh, Momo has some really touching moments later on in the series. Uh, I think at first you're supposed to think well, he's just throwaway, and and this is this is kind of what what I was thinking. You know, aside from Jackie, all the other nurses are largely dismissed, and it's almost like, well, this is a nurse's lot. Well, it's not that, called all the nurses. It's an, I know, but but I think it's I think it's trying to uh, you know if if I was the the writer director and I was uh, reworking my theory of this show, I would say, oh, we're we're trying to uh, create that sense that people have of hospitals when nurses are just outwardly dismissed, and so we're not concentrating on anyone other than the main character. Uh, but then. These these characters who who are one dimensional for so much of it have little moments, and and it's those little moments that make me go, oh, I see what this show could be. Mm-hmm. This show could be a really interesting, realistic look at uh, how hard nurses have to work, uh, and and how difficult their job is uh, in a way that we haven't seen before. Because so far, I, I would say it comes across as the unfunny scrubs. Take that as you will. Because uh, it feels a little bit like they are sitcom characters around her. She's been, she's been given a more or less real character. Or even then, they've got a bit too far with the fact that I think we mentioned the drug addiction seems to be every drug. It's like every week she's trying a new one out or something, which seemed more like, uh, yeah, like a television series than a, than a real person. But there are a number of uh, different uh, alternatives for, for powerful prescription. I, I suppose so. Well, and, and, and she and has to take what she can get because she's true. not getting prescriptions. And well, I that's you know, kind a, of, a generic that, that has no branding or, or yeah. name brand ones. But also, I kind of like the idea that maybe she was having sex with, the, with the, the chemist because she was interested in him and they got different things from each other than she got from her husband. But I kind of felt as the episodes went on that maybe, no, you're just meant to think she's having sex with him for... I don't know, it seemed like every time there was an opportunity for ambiguity and interest in this show, it would go for the most linear kind of approach to it, to a, to a problem. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and and again, I kept waiting for, yeah, either the characters needed to be more well-rounded and interesting, or the show needed to be more overtly comic or drama or, or something in which it doesn't matter if you have characters that are more stylized because the, the show itself has a certain type. You know, for comedy, I don't think you necessarily need comedy to be fully rounded characters who have emotional issues coming from their childhoods if you know if they're serving the purpose of the comedy uh, but, but in this it was like they're not serving the purpose of the drama the show itself didn't seem to know what it was c- compare it to a good dramedy like uh 
uh, like Entourage. Okay, Entourage, half-hour show, has some very dramatic moments. Uh, you, you go with the highs and lows of, uh, of, of living in Hollywood. And, uh, and then also has amazingly hilarious moments about Johnny Drama's calves and, uh, and, uh, and those sorts of things. It, it can be done. You can tread that line. Uh, but you have to... Uh, I, I think you have to immerse yourself in both camps. And this is not doing it in, in either camp, I, I don't think. It's, mm-hmm. it's just... It's not diving into the drama. Uh, she's taking drugs. That's dismissed. She's having an affair. That's dismissed. She's, uh, uh, you know, even... And the jokes as well are entirely dismissed. It's like they don't want to commit to anything. Well, I wanted to see if they should have maybe limited the number of characters. Maybe there are too many characters in this, and so none of them get much well, filling out. Well, it's not like Southland. I'll tell you who you, no. can, uh, you can cut out straight away. Mrs. Gloria... Achilles. Yeah, we actually hadn't even mentioned her. Um, I forgot the name of the actress, but she was in The West Wing. Anna uh, DeVere-Smith. She played uh, the uh, head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yeah, in The West Wing, and she's great. And in this, she only gets to do wacky, which seems odd, because not only does she not seem the kind of actor who's necessarily, <laughs> you know, the wacky type, but there's a, one episode where, um, where, where oh, I, I mentioned, I was filling in for the film show this week, and I mentioned one of those cliches that, that's been talked about on, online is the... Uh, when the square gets given the, the brownie by mistake, how gets the hash brownie? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. And I just never, ever want to see that again. Ang Lee. And <laughs> there's a scene very much with her in, in, I think, episode two of this. Where, where she accidentally takes she some, takes of the, some the, the drugs. And she spends the whole episode pressing herself up against windows and backgrounds and being hilarious. And doesn't realise what's going on. And there's no, there's no uh, fallout afterwards after she would have yeah, realised that kinda, she yeah, had nothing, had nothing kind of happens. And there's there's another episode where she gets stuck in the elevator, and then she does the same thing, but she goes delirious from boredom and and claustrophobia, uh, and it's just like, well, why why is that there? So she's, uh, yeah, she's not funny. She's not adding anything dramatically either. Yeah, dramatically as a character, it she's seems not. like her scenes are only there so that we don't have to watch Jackie go from the emergency department into the church or walking home <laughs> or you know. You think she's a what? transition kind of. She's yeah, a, yeah, she's she's just a very long transition. She's a whip pan in human form. <laughs> um, Brett, you're, you're you're a much nicer person than we are. Brett, what did you think? Um, I I was really loathing having to look at three episodes of of this show, um, and I hadn't realised. Um, I, I think it. I think it was actually the the um, Carmela character from The Sopranos that I really detested that Edie Falco had played in the past, and and uh, I've still obviously got that uh, that memory of her, and and it got me quite tense having to turn it on um, when I got around to it. But I really found it a, like a like like an immediately comfortable slipper. <laughs> I think. Like a slippy um, chew on like in front of a fire. There's such easy episodes to get through and there's I I do appreciate some of the humour in there. Some of it is is a little bit unbelievable, like the hey, I've been drugged. Uh, forget about it, it's the next episode. Um, kind of stuff. But uh, I I did feel heartwarmed. Did you? Yeah. Did you? I mean And did- I'm I'm curious as to where it's gonna go. Yeah, see, that's what kept me watching. I was curious to see where where it was going to go. And where did it go? Nowhere. 
And um, uh, but you're not up to the final episode of the season. I maybe. think I've, that doesn't finish. I think you might yeah, be. I, I think I'm getting I'm close. I, th- I thought it was only 12 in the first. Well, maybe I've only seen 11, because I don't okay. think I've seen a finale. There, there is a second series. I've already committed to a, to a second series, which is intriguing, because it doesn't seem to be setting the world on fire, but, you know. Maybe they've just got nothing else, or maybe they think they can make it better. Did you like the characters, Brett? Were you taken by the characters in it? Yeah, yeah. And, and especially, like, we've seen so many, hos- so many dramas and comedies set in um, hospitals, I suppose it's more the the drama stuff. Um, it was refreshing not to go into uh, to the ER where things are, are tense and uh, have everybody shouting at everybody, and you know there was never anybody saying "Give me this stat" mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And and interesting that uh, that the the nurse characters generally seem to have more of an idea. Uh, uh, than the doctors who seem to be quite young. Um, oh, we haven't even mentioned Coop. Yeah, because Coop just struck me as too much of a Scrubs character. But that, I, I thought that bit was interesting, though, that because I think I suspect in real life nurses often have much more of an idea of what's going on than, than doctors. So that that bit I actually liked. I also got but, the feeling. But again, Scrubs covered off on that. Well, yeah, I think also they were, they were trying to maybe go no, against the no, whole. No, no nurse was ever shown to be wiser than JD or Turk. Carla. No, she was just a bossy Latin woman. Yeah, there's, there is there is a specific episode that that I'm thinking of, uh, where uh, yeah, JD was completely out of line. But this is a kind of and, ongoing. The yeah. implication is ongoing generally that, that you know, listen to the nurses because they will stop people dying. Well, I- except for uh, except for the the British doctor uh, played by Eve Best, Eleanor, Doctor O'Hara. She always seems to know exactly what to do. I was going to say, anyway, I was going to say, I, I enjoyed watching her on screen, but I wasn't sure why she was there. But that's actually how I felt with virtually every character but who wasn't was, Nurse Jackie. But she was a fun character. Like she's a, she's kind of the voice of reason, and the, and, and she goes through her own uh, emotional highs and lows. Uh, did you like Nurse Jackie as a character? Yes, and and. Um, like I, I didn't find because a, a lot of what comes out of that first episode is uh, talking about the nuns and and being naughty and and stuff like that. But I I found that she kind of redeemed herself in a sense in that first case where uh, the the courier had been brought in and was misdi or there was the missed diagnosis by the young doctor, um, and then she kind of. Made up for that by by uh, faking him as a as an organ donor, so that he his death could actually do some. Good. I've got to say, weirdly enough, actually, I like Nurse Jackie. That is that is the odd thing. I enjoyed the performance. I enjoyed the character, and because I think there was some ambiguity to enjoy there about whether or not she was this complete bitch, or whether or not she had everyone's best intentions at heart. And I liked that. I liked the fact that I and I did feel positively to her. It was more just I found everything around her seemed misjudged. I think I've been uh, ruined by. Vic Mackey, who I backed quite a lot and thought, wow, what a, you know, he's doing the wrong thing, but for all the right reasons. But he's, he did such the wrong things. Uh, like, I think that he went far, far further than Nurse Jackie could ever go. Yeah, he, he did. I mean, sure. Yeah. First episode, he kills a cop. Like, yeah, yeah that's who, not right. Who hasn't done that? <laughs> Brett, Brett hasn't done that. Oh, I bet he has. Mm. Yeah, he was young. Needed the money. Uh, not that he remembers, anyway. All that wacky backy, Brad. Uh, the, uh, 
I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, so, I get reprogrammed every time I come back from a mission. So, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, would you like to play a game of cards? The, um, the, the, so the thing with Nurse Jackie is I see all the lies that she's, that she's telling and these, these horrible webs that she's weaving. Uh, and, uh, you know, it might start off with, with small things, but it's only going to escalate and escalate and escalate. Uh, I find it hard to see how she could could long term keep the family life, home life, and and work life separated, and and not have incidental crossovers um, for any reasonable length this, of time. This, this might feel with the whole show though. The whole show just feels a little bit ill thought out. Like it's got all these elements. Ill thought but, out or just unbelievable? Well, no, no, no. To me, it's just they have no one's quite made the decisions at, at any point. Yeah. as to what it is, and so they don't, they don't know where and, it's leading. Yeah, and even stuff like that. Going well, hang on, that that yeah, that doesn't actually make sense. That she could have kept her home life that secret. That sort of stuff. Like it just doesn't feel like they've really like, thought it through. How, yeah. How do the kids and the husband believe that that is she supposed to be at work when she's off with other? People? Well, she usually is at work. No, she so usually is at work. People. Yeah, there. That's just quickies. So, in she, the, yeah. so she has supply closet. She has two lives, but only two lives. She has a work life and a home. But life. in that first episode, she does. She does say, "No, I'm not coming around tonight." So clearly, she she does spend time with the pharmacist. No, that's not overnight. actually. Uh, that that actually doesn't go anywhere. I yeah, think that's anyway. that's just another example of they didn't really think it out fully that's nurse jackie uh it's uh on showtime in the u.s it'll probably be on so- something SBS, oh, I I you. You, you think you think sbs I would, I would chuck SBS. a couple of ads in there yeah. no no you're both wrong uh oh, it's premieres it? at 10 25 p.m so obviously mm. a lot of confidence in this uh, series <laughs> on sunday on september the 13th on channel 10 sunday yeah. the 13th that, that's Sunday 10.30 Channel 10 slot Which is where they put stuff And then we'll move it Two hours later Three weeks Yeah after that Because isn't uh, that where it's the, it's the Harper's Island slot Yeah but isn't that also Where we did in Californication And uh, Flight of the Concords Both yeah they, Dexter they, almost uh, Ended up there And uh, uh, And also uh, Yeah the, the US version Of Fattest Loser Which then Moved to 2pm On Sunday So maybe that will happen To Nurse Jackie as well Jackie Yards are you one of those that follows the follows, 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 follows the ads? Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. Will you, Orson? Will, Will you? you? Will you? Brett, what don't you buy? If you can really convince him, I'm sure he will. Um, I don't buy something that I saw on uh, Go. Today. No, no, say properly. Go! <laughs> Channel 9's uh, alternate uh, standard definition. Um, Alternative to entertainment. <laughs> Go! <laughs> uh, channel which ha- has plenty of time to, uh, to put on lots of... Uh, they're, they're playing music videos because they don't have enough advertisers on oh, there. Oh, really? It's, it's quite interesting. But they do have, you know, kind of mini marathons of, uh, of Big Bang Theory and stuff. Perfect Petty, which is uh, from Deals to You and is a TV-only offer, um, is on go. It opens uh, with an inferior foot-scraping device because that's what Perfect Petty is. It's a foot-scraping device. But it's not the Petty Egg. It's not the Petty Egg. No, no. Which I'd say is excellent. 
Uh, have you tried it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought I bought one in the in the US because it was available in stores and I didn't have to phone up and give over credit card details and, and stuff. Oh, tried yeah. it. It's you, you know the, the greatest thing about the petty egg no, is uh, it's, it's it's kind of like a Kinder Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you open it up and you see how much of your foot has come off. Really? And yeah. So you, so you get that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you totally get that. So it, it opens then, with an inferior foot then, scrapping device, such as the pity egg. Put, put, it, put it outside the window, tip, tip it out, yeah, shake yeah, it out, put yeah, it all over no, 23rd Street. Let, let, him, <laughs> let him talk now. Let him talk. With their obvious inferiority shown with a demonstration while we pan down to the carpet, where there are literally piles of skin flakes that have built up. <laughs> no, no, make him stop talking. Now. <laughs> if somebody collected all, all the flakes of skin, you could probably make yourself a little monster that you could then reanimate. Um, there we <laughs> Then we get a quick money hey, shot. Hang on, is that part of the ad? No, no, no but I'm, so I'm sure because Go there's so, so much of, of this uh, dead skin. Then we get a quick money shot of the device. Uh, it's something akin to a circular cheese grater with a foot-shaped plastic fascia and an intelligently designed storage compartment, according to the ad, uh, built in to collect the monster-building skin flakes. <laughs> <laughs> not part of the ad. <laughs> I wish it was, though. I'd buy that. <laughs> yeah, I can't work out if I'm buying this or not buying this. From there, we move on to a shot of a couple sitting on the couch, uh, obviously uh, very, very relaxed, and, and she feels comfortable because she's got bare feet and, and they, they have clearly been scrubbed recently. Um, but they are outrageously filthy on the heels and balls of her feet. Um, it's not a close-up shot, but you can see it. You can see it quite easily in, in the action as it's going to screen on, on quite a small screen TV. I noticed this, and this is why my ears pricked up. Eyes pricked up. Ow! <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not sure that uh, they intended that, but uh, there was no indication that it was the before shot. Um, they looked far too happy to be people with dirty feet. They also demonstrate how safe and gentle the grating surface Maybe is by he's... running a finger up and down the face of it and then doing the same with a balloon. Quite. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, with a baby. <laughs> Quite. The micro foot piles are so safe it won't even burst a balloon. While on screen, we say we see. I I'm not sure how to pronounce this. Safe. It's safe with four exclamation marks. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's actually just safe. Now I'm not sure if because uh, the exclamation marks cancel each other out. I'm not sure if uh, whoever made the ad or, or the uh, device are, were aware of physics uh, and surface tension, but uh, they may be surprised that you can actually stick a knitting needle into a balloon as long as it's uh, in the right way. It won't burst. It'll stay up. So, right. so demonstrating on an ad that I, it I'm won't sure, even burst this balloon. I'm sure they, they are aware, but as long as it doesn't burst a balloon... That's all they care that's about. That's all they care about because that's not false advertising. Well, sorry, sorry, perfect petty, but uh, even if you offer me a second one for free, I'm not sure how you could get a good scrape going on both feet at the same time anyway. Oh, that's for your slaves. I still don't buy it. Hey, this is James Talia, and you're listening to The Box Cutters. Brett has slaves. Yeah. He has slaves. He's so He's like don't you feet. All? What? Is it just me? Yeah. Yeah, yes. Oh. I have French robots. I have to do it myself. <sighs> anyway, it just doesn't work. I know. Hey, what are we up to? Yeah, what are we doing? Things you may have missed with, with good, good reason, reason. <laughs> with John Richards. On today's first things you may have missed with with good reason. Yeah, I can't even say it. Let's start again. I'm starting again. <clears throat> 
On today's Things You May Have Missed, with good reason, with John Richards, we are covering the classic 1977-78 BBC comedy, Comeback Mrs. Noah. Now this, um, I, I did mention this for the first time quite some time ago, when Molly Sugden died, and then every week since. Molly Sugden, of course, famous for being in Are You Being Served, playing Mrs. Slocum. Well, she was pussy being ex- famous Well, yes, yes. And I have to say, she was excellent in, in Are You Being Served. I think she really uh, did that uh, cross-class thing really, really well. I, I think I, I mentioned I watched it recently, and yeah. Mrs. Slocum's character is, is basically the centre of this class struggle going yeah. on within Grace Brothers. I was really impressed with I, how I just, intelligent it was. This weird thing with Are You Being Served, I'm not a fan of it. I don't find it funny, but I have this respect for it. Like, I, I genuinely have a, a respect for Are You Being Served. And when Molly Sugden died, I was really shocked how much it affected me. Like, I was really genuinely upset going... Because she was always there when I was a kid. Like, it was always on and, you know, multi-generations could watch it. And it was just that thing where she was she was like a member of the family. She was always around. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the shows I'm going to sort of mention in... in connection to come back mrs noah again that thing of, of i have a i have a, a definite respect for them as sitcoms you know well crafted well liked uh and then we come to this one so come back mrs noah was and the reason i, I mentioned this is that um, i remember as a child the abc had one episode of this and it used to show up sort of randomly this one episode the pilot obviously and it turns out because there was a thing in the uk around the uh, it, actually for the 70s and, and many years after a thing that was a uh, basically it was a, a series of one-off pilots effectively it was called comedy playhouse and they would be played just you know one week after the other um and are you being served actually also came out of comedy playhouse that was broadcast on the 8th of september 1972 um it got extremely good ratings because it was the same week that the uh, people were being assassinated at the uh, the olympics in munich and oh, so, so they didn't so they didn't want to watch that well it was i think that period in which the all the broadcasters were asked to take because if you've seen the uh, the documentary about the, the munich one, olympics, one day in september one day in september uh, originally, they were trying to to break into where the the people were holding the Israeli. Uh, I forgot what team they were. They were a particular team, I, weren't they? Yeah, I can't remember which um, part of the Olympics team. Yeah, yeah, part of the Olympics team. Yeah, but one, one sport in particular. They were being held in uh, held hostage. Hur- hurdles. Yeah, the hurdles team were being held hostage, and uh, so they were sending all these you know, snipers and people to to break in and, and free them. And they were showing that all on television, and it turned out. There was a television in the room. So, in fact, the people who were being snuck up on were watching all the footage of them being snuck up on. Didn't work out so well. That's postmodern. Yeah. So, then they went for a bit of a media blackout for a bit. And that's when Are You Being Served came on air and rated extremely well. Uh, there was a whole bunch of shows that came out of, of Comedy Playhouse as well, including uh, Steptoe and Son, Till Death Do Us Part, The Liver Birds, Last Summer Wine. They all came out of this, this you know, one-off kind of thing of showing pilots on air, mm-hmm. which was a great idea. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that Comeback Mrs. Noah came from this as well, although we can't quite find proof of that. But it was definitely a one-off pilot. One episode went to air in December 1977, with five more episodes airing in, sept- uh, in 78 to make up a series of six. The ABC only had the one. Now, it was a show... It, it d- didn't bother getting more didn't, of them? No, because it's terrible. It's really bad. Um, the show is basically about... Uh, Molly Sugden plays a housewife, because... You know, nothing dates more than our vision of the future, especially when it's a vision of the 1950s. She plays a housewife who wins a competition to go aboard the uh, the first um, space project by England, the Britannia 7 Space Wheel. Um, she has won Modern Housewives Cookery Competition with her Bakewell Tart recipe, and she's won an, ato- an atomic tea maker and a visit to Britannia 7 flight deck. Things happen. Hilarity ensues. 
the uh, the spaceship gets launched, and of course she and the other members of the crew are now stuck in space. Oops. Now, did you want to play the clip? We we do have a clip to try yeah, and give yeah, you. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll play the clip to, to give you an, an idea. It, but, it, but but something this clip doesn't give you is mm. how hilarious everything in the future is. Oh, it, it is. It doesn't. You know, it's hilarious. And and this is the, the newsreader at the start of every episode, mm-hmm. uh, played by Gordon Kay from Alo Alo. Well, who would later be in Alo Alo? Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he you know he'll, he'll talk about how. Uh, horribly bad the German mark is doing and then there'll be a laugh track. Or, uh, or something happening in the channel and there's a laugh yeah, track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the channel didn't exist then, but it does exist now. So now, less funny, N- although more accurate. I don't know if it's less funny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, so this is uh, this is Molly Sugden in Comeback Mrs. Noah. I think we must be in orbit. Oh, thank heaven for that. Now, can I go to the little girl's room? <laughs> <laughs> She's floating. She's weightless. Keep your belts on, everybody. Get me down! Get me down! Now get over to me. Ow! Well, sort of swim. A weightless body suspended in space can be propelled by the smallest thrust of gas. Got <laughs> <laughs> scent spray. Get it out and give it a squirt. Hang on. There we are. Why don't they laugh right. at squirt? Or, or scent spray. <laughs> Anyway, I think we've we've got much of the idea. Uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm hooked now. I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, it, it must say the audience is, is easily amused on this. The, the reason the reason why I bring this up because obviously there are there are terrible terrible sitcoms. Um, this one is just weird because it has such a pedigree. It was uh, created by David Croft and Jeremy Lloyd, who um, also created Dad's Army, Are You Being Served, It Ain't a Half Hot Mum, and would go on to make Heidi High and Hello Hello. So they're not. You know, they've had quite a lot of success. This is uh, obviously at the same time as Are You Being Served is still on air when this is this is going on. Um, the and and their, their trademark was the You Have Been Watching mm-hmm. at the start of the uh, closing credits. credits. Which I believe this has as well. Um, the cast, as well as Molly Sugden, we've got uh, Ian Lavender, who played Frank Pike in Dad's Army. Um, Donald Hewlett, who was uh, in Ain't Half Hot Mum as um, Colonel Charles Reynolds, as well as Michael Knowles, who was again in Ain't Half Hot Mum. Captain Jonathan Ashwood. You've got, uh, as you mentioned, Gordon Kay, who will go on to be Renee and Hello, Hello. It's so, and it's directed by Bob Spears, who directed everything from Faulty Towers to uh, the first few episodes of The Adventures of Lena and Woodley, uh, The Goodies, um, uh, absolutely fabulous Press Gang. Yeah, just everything. He's done everything. So it's this amazing amount of cast to make a show that is just patently not watchable, and an awful lot of it is kind of all oh, modern technology, newfangled things. They always go wrong, and a lot of it involves. Uh, 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 something we, we see a lot in In Are You Being Served, where people will basically get a new prop and stand around it and discuss it for 15 minutes. <laughs> um, so, for example, one episode, they, they need to make food, and it turns out to get an egg, there's a mechanical chicken that you put pellets in the front, and then an egg comes out the back, and obviously, 
popularity ensues. Um, we also have uh, things like a, a computerized tea making machine. Well, she did. She won an atomic teapot. An atomic tea maker. Yeah. So I, I think we probably have a whole half episode based around that. Um, it just it yeah it's 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 astonishing because it doesn't make any sense why the show exists why it's so bad and how they really just don't get anything to do with it uh thanks to the modern technology you know, i got to now see that there were five more episodes than the one i remember being shown randomly on the abc as a kid and i've i've managed to watch three of them and that's enough <laughs> <laughs> really you, you went you went for three i've managed to watch three now because yeah. I've just watched the little bits that I had to queue up for <laughs> for playing something, for playing something, and uh, and well, you you must have uh, eyes of steel. Yeah, I, I will say um, I actually enjoyed the sets. It looks like nineteen seventies Doctor Who, which you know can be bad, can be good. Um, it, it does have quite nice spaceshipy sets. Windows are triangles. Yeah, you know, you know that that sort of thing. What about the closing credits? Closing credits are actually probably the most impressive thing in the show, partly because it means the show's over, and that's nice in <laughs> itself. But the um, the closing credits are actually really, uh, for the time, impressive bit of blue screen. It's a song and dance number in which Molly Sugden and one of the other cast members, and I really can't tell which one, uh, are in spacesuits. Hers, of course, being a woman, has a big bow on it and a, and a tutu. And they perform a kind of song and dance, almost a vaudeville-esque, vaudeville-esque number, um, up and down the outside of the spacecraft. You have been watching. I, I always like you have been watching because it's inclusive. Yeah, I never quite got the point of it, but I like it. And yeah, it's very rudimentary now, but the blue screen on that, which obviously we can see and you can see if you're the video podcast, is it's, it's quite impressive. It's quite an impressive yeah, piece of work. It's multi, multi-shot. And uh, it, yeah, it's, it, it is quite impressive. Do you think all the work went into this? Well, it's also weird because the, um, the closing credits do appear to be the opening credits. They're much longer than the... Uh, they actually have like like a lyrics and, and a tune on the on the end credits that aren't the opening. Yeah, and you do wonder a, if all the effort has been put into that particular <laughs> two minute sequence. Uh, yes, I, it's I, a comeback, Mrs. Nora. It's something that you may have missed, and with good reason. With good reason, with John Richards. Uh, do we need? It, it is available on YouTube if you do want to sit through. It, it's worth as a tribute to Molly Sugden because she had to suffer, and and you can too. Watch one thing. Joy. One thing. This is uh, my favourite part of the week, where I work out what it is that I'm going to watch. Ah. Rather than when you actually watch the one thing that you would watch. Yeah, because the anticipation is 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 more enjoyable than the experience. Usually disappointing. It's it's usually (laughs) disappointing. Because life lets you Because you make such a bad... Choice. Selection in uh, reality. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this week I'm going to choose, and, and you've got to be quick onto the uh, onto the podcast, to, uh, although I am going to put them back up on the blog. I've been forgetting about that recently. I used to put the one thing up 
mm. on the blog yeah. in mm-hmm. the uh, in the episode notes. Because last week we chose and, and recorded, it and obviously you couldn't hear, but we we, we I, did, I did, we did uh, get them up on the blog eventually, belatedly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I but in time watch, for mine, uh, I, I would watch the uh, Israeli film Waltz with Bashir. <gasps> on uh, did es- you look at the wiki? No, I didn't. Okay, fine. Sorry, you can have that. Because <laughs> you, uh, you've got, you've got three more. No, no, I don't have many, but there is. If you watch half a dozen things, Brett Cropley, which uh, half you dozen don't have to be that, that quick because it's on uh, tomorrow night, being Tuesday night on SBS. Yes, uh, as part of the Hot Docs show. Yep, at uh, t- ten o'clock on SBS One. Um, it was a film. Is a film. It's animated. Uh, is, is it from the the viewpoint of a of a young boy um, in the West Bank? That where that is? I haven't seen it. I'm going to yeah. watch it. I, that's what thing. I believe it is. Did you say SBS is playing as part of the Hot Docs yep. series? No, yep. actually, as a so it's oh, an okay. hour fifty that it runs on SBS. No, it's a feature. It's film. A, no, it's an yeah. animated documentary. Yeah. Uh, my one thing, given that it's not oh. Waltz with Blasher anymore, an, is an uh, entry. Mm. My dear Watson. <laughs> is that uh, The Wire kicks off on ABC2 this week. Uh, From the very beginning? Also on uh, Tuesday night at 9.30, but also being replayed on Saturday night at 10. If you have not seen The Wire... And I haven't, because it's still sitting next to my DVD player. It's been there for quite really? some time now. I think it's going to be like the draftsman's contract all over again. I yeah, I've, tu- I've turned his, I've turned his mic because he doesn't, he doesn't deserve. It, Fair enough. He doesn't Having deserve it there how and not he, watching it. How could he not watch it? He's a fool to himself and a burden to us, especially. John I'll Richards, get, I'll get round to watching it. It's been there for a while. I'm quite excited. Were, if you were going to watch one thing this week, it should be the entire five should, seasons my, of The Wire. My DVDs of The Wire. <laughs> it should be, yes. But instead, you've chosen. No, I hadn't. Actually, I hadn't had a chance to look at anything. So I'm happy um, to go with that. How about okay, uh, yeah, the secret show, the fluffy bunnython of doom? No, no, we missed that. That on was last ABC week. One on, that was last uh, week. Thursdays at four forty-five no, no, p.m. That was that no. episode from last week. We've missed it now. Oh, you just wanted to see that one. Just episode. that one episode. Oh. oh, so it was the secret show, but the episode. Yeah, yeah. The, the episode fluffy. title was the fluffy. See, bunnython I was trying to figure doom. out what you'd written on on yeah. our little planet. No, no, device. no. That was the whole thing. Yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. So just no, no fluffy bunnythons. No, no. It was just one off. It was just a one off. So, if, you, if you're going to watch one thing, either Waltz with Bashir or The Wire or John's DVDs of The of Wire. Of The Wire, yeah. Okay, question three. Which yeah, can I- Are all these going to be about war? No. i got loads of... i got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Box. We had a ridiculous quiz question. <laughs> it was not ridiculous. No, it, it was, was completely... It was ludicrous. Somebody understood what I was saying. Yeah, but that doesn't make it any which, less ludicrous. Which would have helped me out at the time had I been able to uh, get that input. The que- ludicrous is also a wrap-up. The question was, what was Brett know, thinking of? Because we, we, we reviewed, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, reviewed what's Hung. What's in Brett's head? <laughs> yeah. We reviewed Hung, uh, which... Hanged. Starred... Uh, <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> Name of uh, the the lead actor in Hunt, Thomas, Thomas Jane. Jane, who I was very distracted as I was watching uh, episodes of Hung um, because he kept on reminding me of, of somebody from Boston Legal. Mm-hmm. And the and question was, who was it that? <laughs> yes, the question is, who was Brett distracted thinking it was someone else? I mean, that is that is pretty abstract. So, who does Thomas Jane look like? Pretty simple. He looks like from, Thomas Jane. Is the answer from Boston Legal? And the correct answer was Murphy Brown. No. Oh. No, I'm sorry. Edgar Bergen. Uh, who? 
Bergen Dark Rye. <laughs> mm, yum. Edgar Rice Burroughs. Yeah, was it Edgar Rice Burroughs? It's Edgar Rice Burroughs, isn't it? Never it's Edgar more. Rice Burroughs. Is it William Burroughs? William S. Burroughs? Uh, no. Is it Saffron Burroughs? Because it's... <laughs> Ed- Edgar Rice Burroughs. Saffron Burroughs was in Boston Legal. That is true. Yes. Therefore, the game ends. It's a fact. (laughs) It's a fact. Yeah. Right. Um, So the the answer wasn't Jane Addams, uh, who was the female leader in... It seems like Thomas Jane didn't remind you of of Jane Addams. Jane Addams, who who was also on the screen at the time. Um, And it uh, it wasn't... And I'm I'm just looking for... Was it uh, Mark Lawson? somebody, somebody Somebody wrote in and said... Uh, he reminds you of uh, of, of having listened once and not penis? being that- stuffed to re-listen with a forensic ear for the important utterance from Brett. I'm going to say that William Shatner reminds Brett of what Ray's dick might look like, um, and hung the premise there being which that is, uh, Ray has a big dick, which is even easier to understand than your question. <laughs> no. No, no, it, it could have been, but uh, that was a bit silly. Um, but uh, the correct answer actually came in from Lee Lister. Lister? No, John Mitzi. Here we go. Um, who answered Mark Valley, who played Brad Chase in Boston Legal, who was uh, the one with... Uh, and was that the answer, though? Was with, that the correct answer? Is that what you were thinking of? Yes, yes, absolutely. Are you sure? That's who Thomas Jones you know? looks like and, uh, and, and has the physique of... So it's the, it's the short, uh, lighter hair. Um, and uh, Brad Chase in, in Boston Legal was an ex-Marine and uh, got together with Ed's ex-school uh, teacher girlfriend. Can, can I do that this week? Can I have, have the questions, what am I thinking of now? 89. No, you can't. No, you can't, because I think that we need to, uh, to re, uh, remind listeners. Reinvigorate. R- yes. Reimaginate. That's Reimaginate. We do have an ongoing... Uh, uh, yes, we do. Challenge yes. for you listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that is to send us uh, your best or most compelling uh, idea for a pitch for a new TV show. Uh, um, in, in audio or visual form. Mm-hmm. So in a way that uh, we can we can uh, show the other listeners and uh, visitors to the the blog. It's um, show and tell pitch. Yeah, yeah. We just need to share it in some way. If you've got the ideas but haven't quite fleshed them out properly as yet, put up put up the kernel of the idea. Um, uh, just put it, send it to us. Yes. Yes. Email us yeah. or hooray at boxcutters.net. Yeah. Um, and uh, because we may be getting some uh, some special coverage on uh, on this little competition. Oh, look at you. Mm, look at yes. you all. Mm, or is it? Mm. No, no, really, really. Mm. Um, the uh, the prize for the uh, most, well, whatever we decide is is in first place, um, based on criteria mm-hmm. that we're not exactly winnerest, specifying. The, term, the winnerest prize. <laughs> is uh, a crumpler beanbag. A double crumpler beanbag? Uh, it has enough space for two consenting adults. <laughs> two regular-sized adults. <laughs> Just as long as they consent, there's three, enough space. Three very small adults. If they're all consenting and they've signed the forms, yes. <laughs> One very large adult. Oh, absolutely. Non-consenting. Who, yeah. who, can, be, who can be made to sit yeah. on the beanbag One, by force. One large non-consenting forced Adult. Uh, so send your entries into hooray at boxcutters.net. Hey, um... When I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Done. 
pork, pork is on the, the table. T- oh, dude. <laughs> I was just singing along for my own enjoyment. You won't miss it. And yeah, that's why I'm Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie. She's a complicated nurse, nurse, nurse but no one understands her like her man. Nurse, nurse Jackie. Jackie. Wait, what are we doing? That's, that's all we've got. You were going to play uh, a little bit of last week's oh, yeah. just so that people oh, yeah, 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 just yeah. so that people know. Uh, no, that uh, we we really did stuff up uh, the technology. So yes, last week we we came in, we recorded the show. It was unplayable. I wanted to mention too. I don't know. Are we doing letters? Yeah. Anyway, um, we don't really need to. No, There's, something uh, from last week that we're not doing. There, there was a whole bunch of of comments left on the on the blog where we said, sorry, we have no show, which were really lovely. It was really lovely to see that many responses, <laughs> more responses than we normally get to an actual show. Uh, we got more responses from a non-show telling us where people normally listen. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Then you make a joke oh, hey. about wearing clothes. Oh, yeah, this no, is this no, is last bad. week's show. Um, yes, as you can clearly hear, there's been four suicides. There's no way we could possibly put yeah, this out. That's weird. We sound strange. Last moment beyond blue, and uh, this isn't helping, is it? Where's the bit where it goes wrong? Stepped in with an injunction. Because at the moment, this just sounds fine. Leave also the. Hang on, let's jump forward a little bit. There we go. Good intentions. There we go. Yes, except it's. It's happening again! I can't remember a time when I was It's happening again! John! Subliminal advertising oh, on TV and was illegal. Like, like, uh, and I can remember back to when I was four or three. Yeah, it, it's basically like that for about 90 minutes. For more than half of uh, the entire show, yes. Yes, uh, that's a fact. And once that Check. noise starts, it will make people in your house kill each other. Yes, uh, but we did mention that uh, Channel 9 are trying to hypnotise viewers this week, <laughs> which we had a, a long and extended conversation about last week. Yeah. Any other pork? Uh, no, that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 194. Hey, hey, I want to thank uh, Phil Wales for coming into the studio and going, mm, yeah, that is weird. Mm. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. That was yeah. a big help. Made us all feel a lot better. Actually, you guys weren't supposed to be here. It was just he was a bit late coming in, and uh, I, I, was I was an hour late. In. I was an hour late coming so in. How late, how late was, was Phil? He? Yeah. he was very late. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Until next week, get your pitch entries in. My name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time. Yeah, why not? Ah, uh, hey, possibly. Same bat channel, <laughs> definitely. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. John, I've got something to play, but I just want to say how much I like your T-shirt. Oh, this T-shirt? Yeah, that This that whole thing. My yeah. Box Cutters T-shirt. Oh, is that what it is? It's official Box Cutters branded merchandise. Wow. Where In, can I get such a thing? From Redbubble. Redbubble.com. Slash or uh, Box Cutters, maybe. <laughs> what? This is the actual Chad design one, too. It's very, very good. I, I, I like that. Now, uh, I've, I've, got a, I've got a thing here. They must be all right. They've activated gyrogravity. Someone's head should roll for this, you know. Oh, I don't know. I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> Will the lift be working now? Yeah.
just for the first three feet. Well, somebody will fix it because it's time I was gone. Mrs. Noah, come over here, would you? What is it, love? Oh, isn't that beautiful? What is it? It's the earth. Where's England? Should be coming round again in a minute. Yeah, just north of Africa. Surrounded by the oil slick. See, Nurse Jackie is a comedy. Mm, yeah, you're right. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.